Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our exciting radio drama podcast. It is the first Sunday of June here. Summer is on us, and we'll be bringing you all new radio dramas the first and third Sundays of every month going forward. This is episode 75 of our podcast. 75 episodes. Thank you all so much for getting us here, for listening, for always reaching out and letting us know what you like and what you want to hear. Please reach out to us through our contact page on our website, getnewfrequency.com. Tonight we have a wild and wonderful piece for you called Instinct. I consider it sort of a piece of pulp, although there's a lot of drama in it and a lot going on with a central character who believes that she is transforming into a cat. Yes, a cat. Sometimes as a director, you get these wonderful gifts in life. And writer Megan Clenard pitched this idea to me. And of course, it was a very fast yes, because I also knew exactly who should play this role in our troupe. The wildly wonderful Ashley Merritt. You've heard her on several pieces here in the New Frequency podcast, but she really shines in this one as the woman transforming into a cat and going through a lot of emotional things. And Ashley's such a joy to work with and embodied this so wholly with her voice and her body posture. You can really feel her sensuality and that cat coming to life, even in audio form, which is so hard. We actually did this piece at the legendary Roxy Theater here in Los Angeles. Such great memories of that night. I think the men in our troupe shared a dressing room that was once inhabited by Jim Morrison, the old Jim Morrison dressing room. But there was also just such a great sense of camaraderie backstage and the audio audience loved the show so much, and I think it really was attributed to pieces like this one and this performance you're about to hear from Ashley, really owning a piece that she makes makes brilliant through all of her choices, and it was a really wonderful piece to work on. I think you're going to enjoy it. So let's take you out there to the old New Frequency stage at the Roxy Theater. Enjoy this one called Instinct. <laughs> New Frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. It's coming. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful reaction. In one. New Frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. Calling all freaks. Now we have a tale of the bizarre, as only New Frequency can do it. Call it evolution, if you will, or creation, if you must. But all of the living things on this planet are connected in some way or another. And the thing that we as humans are most connected to are the animals. We share many things with them, not the least of which is a little something called instinct. that noise? Mrs. Whedon, it's Dr. Friedman. Can I come in? Oh, good. You're finally awake. How are you feeling? Where am I? What was that? Why is my body wrapped in this? Easy. Don't try and move. Do you know what happened to you? You were in an accident a couple of days ago. You've pretty much been out cold since we found you. I don't understand you. You mumble. You're a huge mumbler. Every male human is. I'm fine. I'm always fine. Don't say I'm not. Don't try and baby me like my husband does. I don't... 
I don't know exactly what to do here, Mrs. Whedon, so please bear with me. My Herb first was never like that. Herb's my husband. I mean, I was supposed to be a good thing, you know, a happy event. I remember his reaction when I told him the happy news. You're pregnant? Yep. You sure? Pretty certain. Well, now, are you sure, sure, or you... The doctor said I'm three weeks along. Unless she's not very good at her job or I have the stomach flu, we're going to have a baby. Soon. A baby? You okay, Herb? Sweetie, you look kind of pale. I mean, I know this comes as a shock. You wanted to make partner at the firm first, not to mention my career that was almost starting. But this is the one thing I've been dreaming of since I... <laughs> A baby! Oh. oh my god, you know what? We need to we need to repaint the audience. The audience, the office. We need to repaint the office and wait, what about the nursery? Should we paint it pink? Or do you think we should be would that be too obvious pink? What if it's a boy? Our boy, our son. Hey honey, you shouldn't be on your feet like this. Sweetie, I'm fine. I'm only three weeks. Sit, sit, I'll go get the car. It was sweet like that at first. Herb waiting on me, our only focus the baby, but then. Honey, I'm home. Hey, I picked up some mayonnaise for your banana sandwich, and darling, where, where are you? Well, you know what? You should have seen uh, the look on the grocer's face when I was telling him what you've been craving. I, I, I told him it was fine with me as long as I didn't have to eat it. Uh, where, where? Oh, there you are. Why are you in the nursery with the lights off? Not the nursery, your office. Well, did something happen? Are you okay? We're painting it back. Well, if you don't like the color, we can the just- The baby's gone. Oh, I, uh, oh, honey. Apparently it's common. The doctor kept saying that word, common. It doesn't feel common. It feels new and unique and mine, you know? Herb? I, uh, <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll go make dinner. You, uh, you stay here and rest. He never really talked about the miscarriage after that. Just kept treating me like something fragile about to burst. Herb said I had to stay home from my health, to mourn. But I think he just didn't want people to know I lost the baby. They would all look at me, pointing fingers, as if it was my fault. Wrong diet, wrong genes, wrong woman. Mrs. Whedon, can you stop for just one second? I need to check your temperature, please. I was tired of being frail. I knew we both needed a change. That's why I did it. That's why I went into that costume shop. Hold still for me, Mrs. Whedon. I promise it won't take long, ma'am. Oh, you see, when I first bought the cat suit, it was just to spice things back up in our marriage. Yes, yes, easy, easy. It's just a thermometer, that's all. Oh, the cat suit. Oh, the cat suit. I put it on, but Herb just said... What are you wearing? Oh, come on, Herb. Don't act so high and mighty. You haven't even heard me purr yet. Patricia, what are you thinking? You look ridiculous. That's all he said. I go out of my way to do something nice for him, and he shuts me down, just like a man. But between you and me, I loved the cat suit. In fact, I liked the cat suit so much, I wouldn't take it off. I wore it around the house while Herb was at work. I wore it while eating, reading the mail, surfing the internet. I wore it while cleaning, while vacuuming. Oh, just, just a minute. Mrs. Whedon, I have fresh tomatoes from my garden. Prize winners. Prize winners, I tell you. 
Well, look at you and your... What is that? Black spandex? Hello, Mrs. Sproul. Are you exercising? If you're exercising, why are you wearing ears and that big tail sticking up in the back like that? Thank you for the tomatoes, Mrs. Sproul. I always thought you were a little queer, dear, but this is taking it at a tad too far, don't you think? I'm in mourning. Then you shed a tear, dear. You don't parade about wearing indecent outfits. Besides, you were barely even pregnant. And your point is? Well, I mean, oh, I'll just say it. Shouldn't you be over it by now? Yes! Why, in all my days, I have never been so hu- Before the catsuit, I would have never told evil Mrs. Sproul off, let alone hiss in her face. But in the catsuit, I was free to do anything. I tried to go without it. But taking the costume off the first night felt like they were ripping away my child from inside me again, pulling at my own flesh till I was naked, weak, and alone with no one to love. You can't blame me for not taking it off, right? Finally, on Halloween night, I fell asleep in my costume, and the next day, something changed. The moment I woke up, I was 100% cat. I felt whole. The night had transformed me into the animal that had always lived beneath me and wanted to hiss. Like any creature, hunger was my first priority. I pranced towards the kitchen, but realized only sub-level human food inhabits those cupboards. I needed the food of far more superior beings, like me. I needed to go to the store. I'll have to go to the store. The grocer is over 12 miles away. But I didn't need a car. It's amazing how fast you can get anywhere when you run on all fours. With my paw and predator muscles, I grab a shopping cart and push it ahead of me with my snout. I'd rather be sitting in the cart and have it pushed by a short, pigtailed girl who calls me Fluffy, gives me treats and a gold chain with her address on it. But I must focus on one kitten ambition at a time. Hey, lady, Halloween's over. <laughs> the non-cats begin their cat call. Wow, hey, man, I like my girls on all fours. Hey, kitty, kitty, I hissed at them. Hey, hey, take it easy, lady. Freak. My nose leads me to a glass case above my head. It holds crab, caviar, shrimp, fish, glorious fish, squid. I've never even had squid, but the word alone makes me prrrr. The purveyor of this banquet speaks to me. 43. I can help number 43 if they're still here. Meow. What was that? Meow, meow, meow. Look, miss, you gotta take a number like everyone else and uh, get off the floor, would you? You're disturbing, well, me for starters. He dares to deny me what I want. I'm not helpless. I'm not a woman. I'm a cat, a tiger. My claws could slice him into three smooth pieces of man meat, the tastiest of all, the top of the food chain. You like Halloween a lot, huh, lady? My kids love it. They refuse to take off their costumes, too. They wore them right there on the bus. It was cute, but they're kids, you know, six and eight. Aren't you a little old to keep your costume on? He pointed his finger at me. 
scolding me. I bet if he had a newspaper, he'd swap me with it. I attack, claws out, eyes red, fur up, teeth open. I bit that pointing finger of his straight through, like a Christmas tree ornament dangled from his hand. <laughs> Between my teeth were bits of skin. I licked my lips as I walked to the food aisle. Look out, she's insane! Someone call the police. Yeah. I never made it down that aisle. Humans always threatened by wild animals like myself will either tame us, shoot us, or put us away. I saw the man and woman dressed in dark blue. The woman reached for a stick at her side. Oh, now I knew who they were. They were taking me to the pound. I never thought I'd put be put in the pound, but there I was. Normally, I would have put up more of a protest, a place for rejected pets and misfit animals no one loved. But once in my cage, after they were kind enough to take my picture for prospective owners to view, I felt quite at home. My cage was gigantic, like the penthouse every kitten dreams of. <laughs> I wasn't even upset that I had to share my cage with another unwanted animal. I am the scarecrow, you get it? <laughs> I'd never seen an odd-looking creature like her before and figured that was why no one wanted her. Everyone thinks that I'm the cowardly lion because of my collar of straw. <laughs> Some people just so ignorant. ignorant. Oh, you know what I mean, man. She stumbles close to me, and I can smell an overdose of whiskey and vomit on her breath. I think of sampling the drool on her chin as my little nose bounces around to inhale. Do this look like a mane to you? Whoa, hang up now. Now, Garfield, I already got a Dorothy. He in the men's cell. One too many DWIs, oh, stupid alcoholic drag queen. <laughs> He only deserved my, my contempt, I tell you. My the scarecrow being holds no more interest for me. I circle the cage and get a feel for my temporary territory. The pound is only a way station on the way to happier times with new owners. Surely a fluffy, independent, blue-eyed sensation like myself would find a new family right away, perhaps on a farm with mice to chase and... Oh, Oh, the thought of mice rekindles my starvation. The finger was just a taste, mostly blood. I had so much, it makes me need to pee. I search for a place, some sand, a private closed-off area, but there's only a large bowl. I eat out of a bowl. I do not pee in one. Ma'am, you're free to go. The blue uniformed pound operator returns. Maybe she can show me where to pee. Darling, are you all right? Who's that coming? My new prospective parents? Angel, don't worry, we'll sue. I know that voice. It wasn't my adoptive family. It was him, man, my husband, Herb. A Angel? He finally looks at me with my black pointed ears and a tail, squatting on all fours over the cement floor. <laughs> this is brilliant, just brilliant. I thought he'd post pictures or offer a reward. But find me? Really find me? Herb's too stupid for that. 
What have you done to her? Excuse me? Your wife's identity crisis seems more like your problem than mine. Do you know who I am? Your department better get ready for the biggest lawsuit in this county's history. Now open these doors. Whatever you say. The door open and I try to flee. Hey, hey, lady, chill out. What are you run, doing? Run, Bambi, run. Run now. What are you doing? Patricia! <laughs> Patricia! Ha, Patricia. What is that word that Herb yelled out? No time to think. I scramble away from the opening. I race around the cage, shrinking smaller and smaller with every circle. So I scatter under cushions, behind the bowl, between the scarecrow's legs, always afraid the lady with the stick will beat me for being a bad kitten. Animal cruelty, I say. Angel, it's me. Angel, stop. Stop! No! You can't take me back there. I won't go. Who said those words? I said those words. Actual words, human words. I look down and see hands, no paws, no hands, hands gripping bars in a jail cell. No, I'm a cat, I'm a cat, I'm a cat, I'm a cat. I can't stay like this. Herb is here now, I feel his eyeballs outlining my frame. His wife, the cat, they will I will my front paws off the bars and stand straight on my hind legs. This posture feels like someone is bending me backwards. I can't change this easily. I need time, isolation. Humans are here surrounding me, looking down at me, though I stand tall. I've lost the pride of my animal heritage and have transformed into shame. Patricia? Yes, Herb. My husband, my husband Herb. Focus, my hands shake, but I see them clearly now. The pain in my back softens with familiarity. My balance is firm on two legs. I'm back. Pat. Hello, Herb, I'm ready to go now. She okay, mister? We'll be fine. Take care of yourself, miss. I walk out of the cell. Each step hints of an oncoming fall. I must focus on my two flat feet, but I don't fall. Walking comes easy after a moment. So does standing and using my fingers and thumbs. I make my way to Herb's town car and wait for him to follow. But first he must play the part of man. He must fix his wife's mistakes. I guess Halloween brings out the animal in me. Halloween is over, Patricia. It's time to get back to reality. I cover my face with my hands. It will take a moment to regain my voice fully. What, what is all this? It's nothing, sweetie, just silliness, really. You know I can't believe that, Patricia. I had to leave work early to pick you up from jail. Now that can't be just nothing. It's over now, I'm fine. Neither of us are fine anymore. You seem to be okay. Are you kidding? I can't focus on anything. No matter how hard I try, I, I've run out of meetings so my colleagues won't see me crying. You never said. I didn't want to upset you more. I could have taken it. Really? I can take it now. We'll do this together. Herb turns toward me, taking his right hand off the wheel. Suddenly, my hair stands on end. Something isn't right. He's about to touch me. I'm not ready. I don't think I'm ready for human touch yet. 
Herb's fingers graze my hair and lay flat on my shoulder. I lash out. With one movement, I twist out my hand, my claws, and line his arms with five streaks of blood. Patricia, stop. I I can't. We spin on the rainy road straight off the side of the highway. Herb falls on top of me, then me on him. It happens fast, then slow, then frozen in midair. Mrs. Whedon, I really have to go. I needed to leave ages ago. It's just... Your condition, if any of the other doctors found out, you're probably a really nice, intelligent lady, but they'd take you away. Do you understand me, Mrs. Whedon? Please say you understand me. Herb didn't deserve to be in the air with me about to die. I just need to know you understand, He was good enough at being a husband. He never beat me or used chauvinist excuses to control me. Let me me help you, Mrs. Whedon. He didn't forbid me to work or blame me for not having children. Mrs. Whedon. I did, though. I blamed me for that. But as the car went out of control, I felt free. I felt free, flying, happy. I'd see my baby when we crashed. I'd be Patricia when we crashed. I'd die normal when we crashed. But instead... I landed on my feet. Always do. Patricia. I cannot see her through all the black smoke inside the car, inside my lungs. I'd like to answer him, but I can't, for I'm no longer Patricia. How I landed right upside down when the car was upside down, I don't know. Maybe I really do have nine lives. It was my instincts, and they continue to lead me easily out of the car. Patricia. Prying through the window, I take every other second to lick my broken paw. (coughs) I crawl around the trunk of the car and watch the busted tires spin forever in the air. Dragging my shattered body towards the driver's side, I find Herb buckled upside down. You're alive. I lick his left eye that is closed from the downpour of blood from an unseen wound. Go, Pat. That's... That's gasoline. It's gonna explode. He opens his eye, but all I can see is red. I lean forward and rest my head on his disfigured neck. Biting down on his shirt collar, I pull with all the emptiness I have left inside me. Go, Patricia. It's burning. Just just let go. Let go, Patricia. Mrs. Whedon. You see, I thought I was a kitten, a tiger. Mrs. Whedon. A lioness stronger than any man. Mrs. Whedon. I left him. The flames were too big. I did what my instincts told me. I'm a cat. 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 Oh. Oh, there you are, Dr. Friedman. You're needed in room three. Patient asking for you. All right. I'll be right there. This poor woman, this... Oh, Mrs. Whedon, the police have been asking about her again. They need her statement for the accident. It doesn't matter. That's all she does, huh? That's all. Ever since she regained consciousness. Meowing? Purring like a cat. No sentences or words of any kind. It's as if she forgot how to speak like a person or refuses to. Poor lady. Doesn't even know about her husband, huh? I know. It's so sad, really. Anyway, doctor... Isn't that what they've been calling you? You seem like a nice man sitting with me all this time. But I think I'm ready to go now. 
Maybe you know a good family who'd want to adopt me. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, just go ahead and bring the cops in. Yeah, they'll want to take a statement. Any family would be glad to have a fluffy, independent, blue-eyed sensation like me. Maybe they'll have a big house by the water with lots of children. And me, I'll have lots of babies of my own. Baby kittens. When I have my litter, each of the human children can take care of it. A family. Finally, my own family. Like all cats are meant to have. Yes, there's no denying it. I'm a cat. I'm a cat. I'm a cat. I'm a cat. And I like it. New Frequency, signing off in three, two, one.